0: The Lifted Podcast. I'm your host, Helen Denham, and this is a place for us to talk about what we're doing every day to raise our vibration and understand ourselves more deeply as energetic beings and co creators. All right, everybody, welcome to another episode. If you're new here, I'm so happy that you found the show, and episodes drop every Wednesday. And I'm Helen, I'm a women's empowerment coach, meditation teacher, behavior change specialist, and singer-songwriter, multi-hyphenate like most of us are these days, right? And I really started this podcast out of curiosity to get to know the healing and the wellness space more intimately and to answer or try to answer some of the kind of burning existential questions I had within myself that I knew so many of us were also asking and uh, I wanted to interview and, and bring about these beautiful conversations with the guests that we have on to help us understand if we can really what it means to be human incarnated at this time on this planet and really dive into why we're here and what would make us the happiest and what would bring about the most peace in our lives um, so that we can end suffering as much as possible to be honest that's the bigger picture that I have how can we feel better you know on the basic basic level there so i'm really happy that you're here uh i also wanted to offer you guys a few journal prompts as we begin february you might be listening later but you can use these journal prompts anytime this is recording on 2 kind of a cool day uh, so i was journaling last night and just you know working out some internal stuff and i thought i'd share some of the prompts with you guys So here are a few prompts for you, and I'll put these in the description as well. Number one, what lit you up as a child that you wish to reignite? Number two, how have you changed over the last five years? Number three, what are your values? And number four, how do you handle difficulty or stress? What works and what doesn't? And finally, what do you wish more people knew or understood about you? So you can even pause and just ponder those for yourself. But those were some of the questions that were coming up for me. And I like to review these kind of bigger life questions once in a while, because we do grow and evolve so much, even just like month to month. I mean, I'm looking back three months ago and I'm just kind of like, whoa a little bit of a quantum leap there. So I mean, we go through these ebbs and flows. And it's always good to just check back in with ourselves and be like, Okay, who am I right now? Who am I today? And it's probably going to be a lot different in a year, who knows. Um, But maybe those will bring out some insights for you. right let's shift into today's conversation we've got such a wonderful guest joining us we've got amy lee here she is an astrologer human design guide energy practitioner and business mentor she helps business owners and creatives understand how to work in harmony with their unique energy signature and the energy of the cosmos she says coherence and energy alignment are the keys to creating an energy rich and successful life and business Astrology and human design are profound tools for understanding yourself, your energy, and creating harmony in your life. I believe that these modalities are for everyone, not just the experts. You can learn and integrate these modalities for yourself, your family, and in your business to create harmony and energy alignment. I believe coherence is the new hustle, and these modalities can show you how to create it. I love how she says that. And honestly, I came across human design probably a couple years ago. And when I realized that I was a projector and really started to dive into what that archetype looked like, it really changed my life in in kind of subtle ways, but also big ways. For one, I was much more forgiving with myself as I started to understand why I behave like I behave in accordance with this human design chart. It just gave me such a deeper understanding of like my patterns and helped me to be a lot more forgiving with myself like for example i've always been such a night owl and i always tend to wake up a little later than normal people i guess i like could easily go to bed at 3am wake up at ten thirty, no problem and i always was like You know that's really weird and i should probably fix that so i mean i've gone through so many cycles of like forcing myself to get up at like 8 going to bed by 11 and sometimes that doesn't feel good and when i realized i was a projector and started to study my archetype i was like oh this is just how my energy flows i am much more creative at night you know and so that's just an example of what you can find out about yourself within understanding these these different design types because you'll realize that like there is a method to your madness, in a way. <laughs> it's really nice to know. So I would suggest going over to myhumandesign.com. You can get your chart there for free. And uh, just check out what your chart says, because we're gonna be running through all of the different types in this interview with Amy, and she breaks a lot down for us. So it would be really cool to have your chart out too, so you can you can follow along a little bit. So enjoy this episode. Um, I love you so much, and I'll talk to you on the flip side. The first question I always love to ask guests is, how do you like to start your day off? Do you have any rising routines or rituals that you go to? Thanks, Helen. I'm so excited to chat with you today.
1: Um, I do, and it's not—it's uh, probably not going to sound the healthiest. So <laughs> I, I get up and I drink a coffee first thing, um, and I go back to bed and drink it in bed and do like journaling and reading and it's kind of like my projector you know, morning routine. I started doing it when I was really into um, oh, Downton Abbey like five years ago and I was watching how Cora every morning would have breakfast in bed and I was like, why don't, yeah, why don't we all do that? So I started drinking my coffee in bed. Um, but I still do like the breath work and, you know, a little bit of meditation, but it's super flowy. There's no structure. It's just slow, drinking my coffee, see what I feel like doing and connecting in.
0: Mm, queen vibes. I love that. Cora did have like the ultimate morning in bed. Such a good show. I went through total phase with that as well. I love that you're a projector too. I am as well, um, which we'll totally get into. But, um, so I will have given a little introduction about who you are and kind of what you've been up to, but I would love to hear about your journey to this point, your kind of spiritual evolution and, you know, arc, if you will. Yeah. So it's a pretty, um, feels like a, uh, it feels
1: interesting to me, very disjointed, you know, now that where I am, where I am today, if you'd asked me five years ago, I would never have thought that this is what like I would have been doing. I feel like a lot of um, my path has happened, you know, quite synchronistically and just sort of things falling into place almost by accident, you know, um, but I, I became really interested in energy. That's probably where like a lot of my work started. Um, I was diagnosed with an autoimmune condition in 2012 and, you know, it was like a young 22 year old living the kind of partying, going out, just, you know, that kind of lifestyle. And um, it totally just turned my life upside down, you know? And so where all of my friends continued like living that lifestyle for like the rest of their twenties, I went into this phase of like deep, Reflection, starting to study about energy, starting to become interested in like well, why did this happen in in my body, um, which led me down the path of yeah energy and getting really into astrology as well, you know I'd always been interested in astrology, but just as like a hobby, never took it that seriously. It was just something that I you know had a had an interest in would read astrology books for fun, and then started to really seriously get into astrology and understanding astrology which led me then to human design Um, and then yeah always had an interest in people being a projector it's kind of like what we're wired for isn't it we're wired to sort of see and know and understand people and um, human design just gave me this beautiful system and tool to help me understand people and in true um, projector fashion I just started sharing and talking about it and it just kind of was like one thing from there. And it's been, you know, human design has been such a beautiful tool for me for my own, like spiritual awareness and self-development as well to like running a business and doing this work. It's definitely taken me even deeper into my own, um, you know, purpose and why, and like deeper connection to, you know, all of those things. So it's been like a, a career journey and then a spiritual journey and then an energetic journey as well.
0: Mm-hmm. Were you raised in a, in a home that kind of helped you cultivate this knowledge and, and get curious about energetics? And, or how did you come into even being curious about it? Mm, that's a really good question. I have family members
1: who are very open to it um my grandma in particular so she was probably a really big influence for me she i grew up spending time with her and she would be reading edgar casey books and you know would be talking to me about the auras of trees and stuff like that so but she was also my family was you know religious i was really raised in a catholic family as well so she was kind of the one who had these other interests um But other than that, no, I think the thing that I, you know, am so grateful for is that my family were always very just open and understanding. I never received any kind of, you know, considering they are Catholic, I never received any kind of, you know, you shouldn't do that or like no one, no one's ever disapproved. Basically it's been like, you know, and I'm the projector in my immediate family too. I am the projector in the family, everyone else is generators. So like, I think they kind of know you know there's, that's just kind of the dynamic with the relationships is that like generally if I'm interested in something I tend to know I've gone deep into it and I kind of know what I'm talking about so they kind of yeah seem to honor that.
0: Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So I'm curious to know what ended up happening with your autoimmune issues and and how those panned out with your energy work so so what happened there?
1: Yeah, so I'm a type one diabetic. Um, that's the autoimmune condition, and I I got it really late in life. Normally, type one you 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 develop in childhood. I didn't find out I was type type one till I was 22. So it's called late onset. Um, so it's more rare. It's becoming more common, you know. And as we know, you know, I think a big um, uh, contributor to that is, you know, just our environment and the toxins in our environment and stuff like that. Like more people are developing autoimmune conditions, but um, I still have it, you know, it's something, obviously it's something I'm still kind of journeying with. And um, I go through periods where it feels like I'm really nailing it and it's really under control. And then I go through periods where, you know, it's, it's really impacted by stress as well. So this was like a big, um, <sighs> I can see how it's been such a blessing for me because it was one of the things that kind of pushed me to end up leaving like corporate and realizing I need to work for myself because it's so impacted by stress and it's so impacted by my environment. And, you know, I realized in my late twenties, the environments I was in for my work just weren't serving me, you know? And so I went through a bit of a rough uh, or harder period with it then, but since working for myself, it's generally been you know, a lot better, but it's one of those things, you know, when you, when you come out of hospital, when I was diagnosed, they tell you, you've got this for life. You need to take this medication for life. There's nothing you can do, you know, and then from a spiritual energetic perspective, I, there's definitely things that I can do, you know, to make my experience with it easier. Um, and I used to have the, you know, belief that I could heal, heal it, heal my body. I still sort of You know, I'm in that mindset, but at the same time, I'm almost accepting that it's just a part of my journey as well.
0: That's really beautiful. I was gonna ask you about that, of course, because we kind of are surrounded by this rhetoric that we are creating our realities with everything. So when you know, we get this news or something happens that seems to be out of our control, it can be really confusing. So it seems like you were able to wrap your mind and and your spirit around this and find some purpose and, and meaning in it anyways. Is that accurate? Do yeah. you feel like you kind of reached a point of like surrender with it?
1: Yeah, absolutely. And I can see now looking back how it changed my life for the better, like the path that I was on before the diagnosis was so different to where I am now. And I don't know if I'd be doing the work that I'm doing and living the life I'm living now, if I hadn't had that diagnosis, you know, so I can, yes, definitely see the blessing and the, the benefit in it.
0: Yeah. And you know, you're not alone. I think especially in this community, so many people end up in the spiritual realm and doing kind of wellness work because they're pushed up against a wall, whether it be with mental health issues or physical issues to the point where they're like, okay, so I I have to take uh, responsibility in a way like for my own well being so that I can be happy. And then it turns into this beautiful kind of cosmic dance of leadership in a lot of ways, I think for people when they figure out how to overcome it. So what was your transition out of like your corporate lifestyle like? What were you working in? And then how did you move into like astrology and human design? Mm, so I, I've i done lots of things in my working
1: career, but I've tended to always work within small businesses. Um, and I studied fashion design in my early 20s. So I ended up working for a few different fashion brands. Um, and then I moved into more like... um, office management HR admin type roles. Um, And so that's what I was doing uh, right up until I started working for myself. And it was one of those things, you know, as a, you know, being a projector, I had the classic projector burnout, you know, just several, several times. Um, And it was a very slow transition for me though. So I started my business in June, 2018, and I didn't leave my job until March, 2020. It was actually because of COVID that I ended up leaving as well. It kind of pushed me into that and doing this um, more for myself, but it was a very slow transition. Didn't want to like frag my nervous system by like leaving that too soon and having all this stress and pressure on my business, you know, having to make it work and all of that. Um, But it was, and then, you know, it's been a big journey just working for myself though, because I'm still deconditioning from the, 12 years in corporate office environments and, you know, the needing to be productive all the time and doing things all the time. And then, you know, so I went from being someone who worked 60, 70 hour weeks was running my business on the side to all of a sudden I can just focus on my business and I can schedule in pockets of like beach time or pockets of rest or pockets of, you know, and so it's almost been a, a, a deconditioning, like accepting that and like letting my body feel safe. To do that, you know, and it's safe to do less. It's safe to relax. It's safe to slow down. So I wasn't expecting that either. When I left my job, I just thought this is going to be great. You know, I'm going to have, I can focus a hundred percent of my energy on my own thing. And then I'll have all this time. And, you know, it, I didn't realize like going into it, like I really have really had to watch myself over scheduling and like going back into that mindset, you know, of like, piling on the work you know and trying to remind myself like hang on no you can it's safe for you to just do 25 hours this week it's totally that's all you need to do this week that's safe you know mm-hmm. um so yeah really interesting interesting experience but yeah so i'm a year and a half um oh, a bit over a year and a half into working fully for myself and i feel like now i'm in a really good place that where i can really just um honor my energy and
0: be okay doing other things and Mm. working less. Mm-hmm. I feel like that was such a big lesson for the collective coming into the pandemic, like you have permission to slow down you don 't need to be doing too much, and also just as projectors like you and I, I think it's it 's very easy to be like we get these pockets i, I, I don 't know if you experience the same thing, but just like I can go hard for a full day and get the most done like for a whole week 's worth of productivity in a day, and then I might need a couple days off, and that used to feel like weird to me, and now i 'm like that 's just how I work and that 's okay, yeah. Um, how did you like manage to shift into your business? Like successfully, did you already have clients kind of like that were coming to you while you were still working corporate that you were able to take with you in your shift or like what kind of business advice might you have for like budding entrepreneurs in this, you know, field shifting out of corporate?
1: Yes. I think it's definitely, you know, for me, I think most people would need some kind of like, safety net to step into because otherwise it's just too much for your nervous system. You know, when you drop into survival, I was very conscious the whole time. Like I'm, I'm going to do whatever I need to do to make sure I don't go into survival, you know, or flight or fight mode. Um, so I, yeah, I guess it was, you know, it was nearly two years that I was running my business on the side. And so in that time I had built up like a little bit of an audience on social media. That was what I focused on as a projector too. I really focused on, you know, creating a platform and a space where I could come in and share you know, because projectors, you know, we, we need to wait for the invitation. But if we've got our own social media or our own platform, we can go on and share with enthusiasm and talk about what we like and we'll naturally start attracting the right people. So that's what I focused on. And then so by the time I was leaving my job, I did have pretty consistent income coming in through either readings that I was doing or um, I was working with a few people in like longer term containers as well, like five months business mentoring containers. Um, I also had a few products that I was selling as well. So I made sure I had like a few different income streams. They were all relatively stable. And I knew though, I knew like by the time I did finally leave, I knew that once I was in my business full time and could actually, you know, actually had time in the day to market myself and sell myself and share and put more effort into content. I knew that that would, um, reflect in sales and income. Coming in, but I didn't transition because it was a different industry. Um, I don't, there were no clients that I brought with me from corporate into my own work because it was sort of completely different, um, industries. But, um, I made sure I had those that sort of solid base before I left. Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah, that's such good advice, especially to make sure that you didn't get into fight or flight just by taking kind of a quick jump. Into this new zone. So let's get into um, you do soul astrology, right? Is that how does that differentiate from like the other types of astrology or does it? Can you tell us a little bit about that? Yeah.
1: Yeah, absolutely. So there's a few different types of astrology. A lot of um, the astrology that we know and that's quite common is more personality. Based, you know, so like you have Mars here, you have Mercury here, you know, you express it in this way, so they can feel like they're a little bit more about your personality. Whereas soul-based astrology generally focuses more on the outer planets and it focuses more on like the nodes, and so it's more about what's the journey that you're here to take as a soul. What's your path? What lessons are you here to learn? How are you here to evolve? You know, it's not always comfortable, it's not always easy, but like, what has your soul brought you here to do? Um, rather than you know, just the, the traditional kind of, um, you know, you're a Cancer, so you're here to nurture. It's like, yeah, that's a part of it. But, you know, or you're a Gemini, so you, you know, you might be more changeable in your relationships. Like it's a part of it, but like there's more to it. There's like a greater role that we're all here to play.
0: Um, mm. Beautiful. And I'm, what is your sun, moon rising, by the way? I'm so curious.
1: I'm a Cancer Sun in the 12th house. Um, I'm very watery. I'm a Pisces moon in the 8th house and then I'm a Leo rising. So it's like my Leo rising is kind of quite different to like
0: my cancer Sun, my Pisces moon.
1: Yeah. Um, I'm
0: also a cancer Sun, So we're cancer projectors. Uh, so, well, I'll ask you about human design first, because I know, I think a lot of people will be familiar listening, but if people aren't familiar, how do you describe human design to somebody who's unfamiliar with it and kind of like the history behind it? Uh, so
1: human design, it's, A system. I like to think of it as like a system or a tool, kind of take it out of that like belief system. You know, it's a tool that you can use for self-awareness and self-understanding. It's cosmic, it's mystical, it's based on astrology, the Chinese I Ching, the Hindu Brahman chakra system, and the Kabbalistic tree of life. So it's based on these ancient wisdom teachings and it kind of takes bits and pieces from all of them it doesn't take the complete system it takes a piece from each system synthesizes it and it's also based on quantum mechanics biology and astronomy as well so it's scientific as well which is why i think people resonate with it so much is it kind of takes the mystical and the energetic principles and then translates them into this very mechanical looking and scientific looking map of your energy field essentially Um, so it takes it's heavily based on the placements of the planet planets just like in astrology so it takes those planetary placements and it translates that into imprinting that you have in your energy field um, and gives you this map to help you understand yourself and it it's really great because it does show you you know, where it's there's essentially two aspects to your chart in human design. There's your true self and your not self. So it shows you all the qualities and traits that are your true self and how you can operate in more alignment with that. Really, it's just giving you like a big permission slip to be who you are. A lot of the times people already know what's in their chart, but seeing it laid out, it can be really affirming, you know, and, and a big permission slip to know that, you know, it's not something that's wrong with you or something that's different about you it's literally just the way this is the way you're wired and it's a gift and a strength so it yeah it can be really helpful in that way and then it also shows you your openness though and so where you're sensitive to the energy of other people where you can be influenced by other people's energy and that's essentially your not self and you know when we're aware of the not self we can kind of catch it more in the moment you know and understand you know oh hang on i'm acting this way is this true to me you know, and take a breath and kind of bring more awareness to it and be, you know, more aware that, oh, hang on, no, maybe I'm picking up on such and such as emotions right now. I don't actually feel this way and I don't need to rush into making an emotional decision because Mm. I'm picking up on their stuff. Um, Mm. And that's the most powerful thing about it too, is helping you make decisions that are aligned. Like that's kind of the crux of human design. If you can learn your your strategy for your energy type and understanding your authority which is how you make decisions you almost don't need to learn the rest of your chart like it's helpful but if you can get that piece you know you're going to be
0: operating in alignment so it's such a gift to have an understanding of your human design Hmm. I felt that so deeply when I first realized I was a projector. It was total permission to be who I was because I was like, mm-hmm. you know, I've always been like, all right, I need to be a little bit more strict with a daily schedule so that I stay focused and energized and push through every day. Like I was, I was kind of like, you know, beating up on myself a little bit for things that were actually quite natural and actually really good for me. And so it opened up my heart really to myself and and dropped me more into self-love to be like, okay, this is how I create. And I'm actually doing enough. I am enough. And And it gave me this awareness of like, sometimes I can give like unsolicited advice where it was very helpful to know that like waiting for the invitation is really helpful. Um, so there's four types, right? Um, I'd love to like kind of get a breakdown of where each type shines. Like what's, what's kind of like, you know, the the beautiful point of each sign. I, I hope that makes sense. Mm, absolutely. So there's, yeah, there's four aura types in human design.
1: They They, they call it your aura it's kind of a different meaning for aura than what the aura is you know when you can get aura photos and they're sort of green and yellow and blue like they call it aura types Um, so the first type is generators they're about 70 percent of people and there's actually two there's a large subtype of generators called manifesting generators so oftentimes you'll hear people say there's five types technically in human design speak there's four types but there's two subtypes of the generator so there's pure generators and then there's manifesting generators um, they're our sacral beings so they all have these delicious juicy sacral centers that they can create and amplify life force energy when they're doing what they love yeah. um, manifesting generators they tend to the main difference between the two is that generators tend to do better being able to work at their own pace they're the people you bring in when you want something done really well you know like all the dotting of the i's and crossing of the t's like everything would be done very methodically and very well whereas a mani gen they move a bit faster and they tend to skip steps they're a little bit more multi-passionate and they're so they're here to teach us efficiency so mani gens you know so they they really shine when they have autonomy when they're doing what they love and when they're creating efficiencies for the world along the way kind of the trailblazer energy as well for the many gens whereas the generators it's very much still about doing what they love but when they've got that time and space to do it in their own way you know in their own time they're not being rushed um i really believe generators are here to help us understand you know slow deliberate action you know generator energy is very taurian to me, you know, so I really, and this isn't what they teach in human design. This is just my feeling from all the generators I've worked with, but they have this really beautiful, like deliciousness to their energy field when they're, when they have that ability to just going to do this. And now I'm going to take a moment to stop and smell the roses. You know, I'm going to take a moment to just be in my body, like really grounded, solid earthy energy. Whereas the many gens are a little bit more electric. The energy feels like, so they're like, go, 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 we'll do all the things. They're usually multitasking and doing like four or five things at once. Um, They're all here to shine in their own way though. The biggest thing for both of them is that, you know, because they're such a large portion of of the population, it's really important that generators and many gens are doing what they love, you know, and that they're having an opportunity to respond to work that excites them. This is the biggest problem that most people aren't doing work or feeling that excitement and feeling that energy on a day-to-day basis, when they're responding to things that excite them, it literally amplifies that sacral energy. And so they create and amplify more energy for everyone. So we all benefit when generators and many gens are doing what they love, um, but they're here to know themselves really deeply as well. So it's a real journey of self-discovery, self-understanding. What do I like? What do I enjoy? What's going to, what energizes me? What's, you know, what am I passionate about? Uh, Then we have manifestors. So they're about 8% of people. They are, um, you know, in the past, they were the Kings and Queens of the past. They were the rulers of the world. Um, They are, you know, they're the only type that are here to initiate basically. So generators and many gens, they're, they're here to respond. So real, it's about letting life come to them, tuning into their sacral and responding to what's correct for them. Whereas um, manifestors, they have these inner divine urges and through their own unique process of kind of waiting, listening to their authority, they're here to then act and initiate those urges. They're basically like the spark in the whole process. I really see Manifestors as the people who are here to bring through like new, new energy, new ideas and initiate it into the world. Um, very, you know, divine... Divine channels for energy and inspiration. They're also, also you know, they're, they're spoken about a lot as being, you know, fiery and go getters and all of that. And they definitely are, but they're also peaceful beings, manifestors as well. They have this underlying current of peace, you know, and they're here to find peace. And they find peace when they're able to really be in their process of creation and bringing that new energy through. But they're our, yeah, divine spark. Um, then we have projectors for about 20%. of the population we are projectors are the newest energy type as well so up until 1781 when the planet uranus was discovered projectors weren't in existence we went through an evolution at that time where we changed from being seven centered beings into being nine centered beings and you'll hear that if anyone dives into human design after this you'll hear that you know uh people reference seven centered thinking versus nine centered thinking like a lot in the human design space We're nine-centred beings now. They teach in human design. Um, And projectors, you know, came into existence really what we're here to do is know others, right? So we're the only type our aura focuses in on the other and we can penetrate their field. And so we can really deeply know, see and understand other people. We're essentially here to help the generators and the mani gens align with the work that they're meant to be doing so that they can become these really satisfied, energised, lit up builders of what they're here to do, we're here to guide the process and provide the insights and help them understand how to use their energy in the most effective way. We're also here, we're also here to be recognised as well for that we're not just here to be of service to the other types, you know, as projectors, we're here to be recognised and then provide recognition to others. So we're here to help others know themselves and understand themselves. and find success as well. You know, projectors were really wired for success. So we're all here to really cultivate like our own version of success also because we're, we're, you know, we don't have that sacral energy like the generators and the money gens do. So this is why people talk about rest being so important for projectors. Like we're kind of we're the people who are here to, I believe, rewrite this whole story about time for money, that kind of paradigm, like that really doesn't work for projectors. Like we're here to, uh, I believe, help usher in a new kind of awareness and a new time where we focus more on like value and impact for money or for recognition. You know, we receive for the value and impact we create, not for sitting in a desk for nine hours. Um, That's why rest is super important for projectors
0: all right taking a quick break here because i wanted to chat with you guys about something if you have been feeling stuck in a particular area of life or maybe you've set the intention to make a shift and move forward in a big way but haven't quite been able to bring that goal to fruition well changing our lives means changing ourselves right and that's not always easy your dreams are going to require a new version of you and that's where i'm here to help you It means clearing out self-limiting beliefs, reclaiming your energy, releasing what's no longer serving you, releasing those old habits and truly defining what it is that you want out of your next chapter. So I've opened up a private one on one mentorship series where for six weeks we're going to be developing that clarity and preparing you to receive exactly what it is you've been calling forth. And at the end of the day, you are the healer. We're simply going to be activating that intrinsic and innate part of you. So the six-week mentorship series includes guided visualization meditations, habit and routine formation, subconscious reprogramming for confidence, unlimited support with me via text and email, weekly 90-minute calls, and so much more. So if you're curious about that, if this sparked your curiosity, you can go over to helendenhamcom slash mentorship. It's going to be open not for too much longer, so I'm really excited to chat with you if this feels in alignment and... Yeah. Thanks so much for listening. Back to the show. And then we have our reflectors who are our mystical
1: lunar beings, you know, so they're really rare. They're only 1% of people. I happen to have several reflector besties. It's really strange. I think I just attract the reflectors, Um, but considering they're so rare. um, And so they're, they're the only lunar being all the other types. So the generator types, the projectors and the manifestors, they're all solar beings in human design. Reflectors are lunar beings and they're really, really impacted by the moon. The moon almost acts like an anchor point for them. They, their definition is created by the cycles of the moon. Um, but they're here to be the mirrors for society, you know, so they're really here to be in the heart of community. They really shine when they're in the heart of community. Um, the big understanding for reflectors is always going to be that what they're expressing is always a reflection of the people they're around or the health of the community that they, they are in. Um, So yeah, all unique, all have a very
0: unique role to play Mm -hmm. in the world. Yeah. Oh, I love your explanations. It just gave me much deeper insight. It's always so fun too, to look up like celebrities and what they are, because it makes so much sense when you like break it down. So anybody who's listening, look up your celebrity type um, what have you learned about yourself knowing that you're a projector? Like how has it expanded your reality with that understanding? Mm.
1: Well, the learning about unsolicited advice was huge. Like,
0: <laughs> I think, <Hard. laughs>
1: I think all projectors learn that and they're like, Oh, that's why <laughs> Yeah. But my whole life trying to tell people what to do, you know? Um, so yeah, that was really profound, but I think, you know, the projector part was really affirming learning about the energy, you know, and that like, I don't, you know, it's, it's okay if I get burnt out, you know, cause I had experiences in my corporate career where I was sent on trips where I would have to work every day for a month, 12 hour days. And I would be dying at the end, like, and the other people I went with who were probably generators would be okay. I was like, how are they functioning? <laughs> Mm -hmm. how are they functioning? And I'm so exhausted. And like, now I can look back and be like, oh, I get it. I get it. I was amplifying all that sacral energy and then wasn't really there for me and I was getting burnt out by it. Um, So that was really affirming. And I I think just understanding the role that a projector is here to play, that was really, really helpful. Um, You know, that, and that I had the desire to kind of do that. It felt very affirming that, okay, that's why I feel this desire to know people. I feel this desire to understand people and kind of help them and guide them. Like, it's not just me being a busybody, you know, or wanting to be involved in people's stuff. Like, I literally, it's the mechanics of my energy field. I can't help it. If the person's in front of me and they're inviting me in, I'm going to see things, you know, and feel things and perceive things in their energy. Um, but then, yeah, getting into all the mechanics of it was really, for me, really affirming as well. Out of all the types, projectors, it's the most, it is the most necessary for projectors to learn about their unique and specific sort of channels and even going deeper into their rape psychology, because that does paint the picture of how you're actually here to guide and help other people. It's through that definition that you have. Um, So that was all really affirming. And then I think like a lot of people, my, my authority understanding I'm splenic, I spent a lot of my life um, with people thinking I was reckless because I'm a splenic authority. So I just know things like I literally just get this download of like now, like there's no waiting in my decision making process. I sit in, I sit in a state of mystery and not knowing until I know. And then it's like this flush of energy. And so understanding that was really helpful because a lot of the time I would make decisions quickly and people would say, no, you need to sleep on it. And I would question myself and I would doubt it. Whereas now I just give myself full permission to be in that because I trust that I am an intuitive and instinctive decision maker. And so you yeah. know, I don't need to sleep on it.
0: Doesn't mean I'm reckless or not responsible. It's how I'm wired hundred percent. Oh, that makes me feel better too. And I think that's why, um, it's been so impactful to meditate often is just to give space to those downloads to come in and just be still mm-hmm. and like trust when they, when they ping, it's like, okay, that's the next move. Yeah. Are you splenic as well? I think so. I need to dive more into this and just double check. I have a screenshot on my, I won't dive into that, but I think I am. <laughs> Cause that really just rang a bell for me, but can you help us understand, um, the different centers and like, yeah, our, our authorities, is that what you would call it? I'm like still, I need to get a lot deeper into this. I'm still only surface level knowledgeable.
1: Yeah. So the, the authority is essentially the energy center or it's based on the combination of energy centers that you have defined in your chart. Um, There's certain centers that are louder, than others you know so like you helen you could have a defined spleen so you resonate with what i'm saying but you might also have a defined solar plexus and if you have a defined solar plexus it means your solar plexus is actually your authority and you're an emotional decision maker so you can have a few different centers defined um, but so and and different types can have different authorities right so generators and many gens because they've all got a defined sacral they have to have either sacral authority, which is an in-the-moment yes or no gut response, or if they've got a defined solar plexus, which is about 50% of people there, they actually have an emotional authority. So they can have one of those two. You know, emotional authority is the authority that has the most depth. Um, It takes, it needs time to process. Um, In the human design teachings, Ra uses a really beautiful analogy about emotional authority where he talks about, there's a flower and two photographers come in to take photos of the flower. One of them has an emotional authority and one of them has a splenic authority. The splenic authority comes in, takes one photo and is done in five minutes. The emotional authority person is literally there all day. They're taking photos from different angles. They know how the flower smells. They know how it looks under certain light. Like they've got hundreds and hundreds of photos that they'll then take their time to choose from. So the emotional authority, they, they gain so much depth and perception. They have the most depth of any authority, but they need time, you know, that's the big thing for them. That's such um, a great way of
0: explaining that. Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah, because people often find out they're emotional and it can be a bit like, oh, like, because they often think they're in the moment too. Yeah.
0: Mm-hmm. But it's so beautiful. It's so beautiful mm. to take that time. Can you be a mental? Can you have a mental authority? Yes. That's what mindset. I just pulled mine up mental so mental I could follow
1: along. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So only projectors can have that. It means you must have, you only have definition from your throat up. So you could have throat and Ajna and crown, or just two of the three or all three. Um, so you're, it's mental or environmental. So essentially you're designed to make decisions through Um, through your environment, through what you perceive in your environment. And so talking through your decisions is the most important thing, like for you kind of getting them out, like, because, you know, you're going to have a very strong intellect and a strong mind. And so you need that process of talking them through. And as you're talking them through, noticing what's going on in your environment, you don't need people to tell you what to do. You know, so it's kind of like you, you, it can be helpful for you to have just sounding boards, people who can be there to reflect things back for you.
0: It's literally so true. This is, this is why it's so like validating. I mean, my sister always says, it's so funny being with you because I live inside your brain because you're constantly talking like about anything that's in your mind, just a process. That's also something I need to be um, aware of, but yeah, absolutely. Okay. So projectors are the only ones that can have that or that do have that mental. Uh, definition.
1: Yeah. Yeah. And so we can also have self-projected projectors, which is kind of similar. They will have a defined G center to throat. um, And so they also need to talk things through, but they might feel like a bit of a fluttering in their chest. And it's helpful for them to think about like, how is this aligned with my direction? You know, how is this benefiting me? What's going on? You know, um, so a slightly different kind of way of processing it um then we can have ego you can have an ego definition which is the heart only projectors and manifestors can have that as their authority like a generator or a mangen could have that defined in their chart and they could have that energy but it's not going to be their decision making authority um but yeah and that's really like again what's in this for me you know what do i want to do what do i desire it's really all about do i have the willpower to do this thing um and again can feel movement of energy in that like chest kind of part of their body um whereas like sacral people would normally feel something down in the sacral um for me as a splenic i feel this like dropping in through because the spleen's connected to your immune system so i feel this kind of like dropping in of Mm. awareness a voice i don't know how to describe it um yeah and then reflectors they have their own unique authority which is to wait 29 and a half days they find clarity through that process of waiting and seeing what's reflected to them in their environment and through that process um it's really about it's a lunar cycle the 29 and a half days so in that process they experience the moon activating all of the hanging gates in their chart so they find clarity like with time it's always it's not you know always feasible to wait that long The same with emotional authority, people, it's not always feasible to wait that long. So just giving yourself as long as you can is what's kind of suggested, not rushing into feeling that you need to make decisions then and there, like on the spot.
0: Mm -hmm. You also had mentioned the shift in the 1700s from the seven to the nine energy points. Are those like our chakras or what are those points? Yeah, so they're based on the chakras. And this isn't to say, you know, human
1: design is its own kind of unique modality it's not to say that the chakras aren't correct anymore because i still know a lot of incredible healers and practitioners who work with the chakras and still very much sense and perceive that in in the energy field but what they teach in human design is that with that discovery of uranus uh two of the energy centers split into two so we had seven the heart chakra split into what's still called the heart or the ego and then the g center the g center is now the center that's more to do with traditional heart things like love Um, it's also the center for our sense of identity and it's where in human design the magnetic monopole which is like a where we transmit an electromagnetic frequency and it's kind of the, the, the centre that basically holds our whole design together in human design. Um, it, it's to do with our direction as well because the magnetic monopole, when we're listening to our strategy and authority, kind of naturally draws us into alignment with our path of fate or whatever's for us. So the heart split into those two centres and the heart or the ego centre became more about ego, the material, community you know, desires that vary, you know, willpower as well. So really it became very much about the 3D experience. Um, and then the solar plexus, it split into as well, they say in human design. So it became the solar plexus in the spleen. And so the solar plexus in human design is more about emotions and sexuality and desires and stuff like that. But, um, you know, it's slightly different. The traditional chakra for the solar plexus is very much about like, your power and your self-esteem so slightly different um and then the spleen is our center for health so it's very much health instincts like this intuitive knowing what do i need to survive what's going to be good for me it's also where fear lives in the spleen and in the solar plexus as well different kinds of fear Um, Mm -hmm. So, yeah, and and it wasn't like they didn't split in people who were already born or alive as well. So they kind of say that just a new type of being started being born. So we had nine-centred beings who started being born with 9 centers. who then there were still seven-centred beings until they all kind of died out. Now we're all nine-centred beings and we're going through another kind of evolution or change in 2027 as well that they talk about in human design that another new form of being will start
0: being born after them. Oh, interesting. Do do they know mm. what the name is going to be, or they call them raves in Human Design. Mm. Um,
1: yeah, it's a little bit of an interesting. You know, they talk about them being these incredibly emotionally advanced beings, and but we won't understand them, um, and almost like. Uh, <laughs> They kind of, say, I've heard Ra say that autistic children now, oh yeah, almost like the precursor, you know, so they'll have this incredible wisdom and they'll be able to connect and communicate to each other through their emotional solar plexus, like without words, without our, the communication that we know and use. They'll be very receptive, you know, um, but we won't fully necessarily understand them. We'll probably think you know, humanity, not us as individuals, but humanity will probably label them as being there's something wrong, you know? Um, mm-hmm.
0: Yeah. Very peaceful beings too. Yeah. I was immediately like asking you that. I was like, autistic kids. I mean, we, they're already yeah. kind of here or just people that mm-hmm. we just don't understand yet. And I feel like so much of what's going on as a collective and what we're all kind of working toward is almost activating these sixth and seventh senses to start shifting ourselves into this dimension. And, And, you know, their new kids are going to be born already kind of having that activated and coming into this world where the vibration is shifting already. Mm,
1: Yeah, absolutely. It'll be, um, yeah, it'll be really interesting to see how things change once they start coming into being.
0: Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Is there anything else like about Ra? Ra Uru seemed like such an interesting person. Was he, he was essentially channeling this, uh, in, in writing, right? Like, do you know anything about him? Like, can you enlighten us on, on kind of the founder of human design? Mm,
1: so yeah, I do. I listen to him all the time. Once you get into human design, um, a lot of people predict, particularly projectors will gravitate to the Ra original content. So I literally fall asleep most nights listening to him, like listening to audios of him. Um, but he, so he was Canadian, born in Canada, um, came from money, as far as I'm aware, like came from a very wealthy family, didn't want to do this. like did He wasn't looking to create something like human design. He had an experience where he was on an Island in Ibiza. I think he was on holiday, um, came home one night and literally says like the voice calls it the voice took over what i now understand is that the voice is actually the earth or it was it's they give them different names so in human design they talk about we have design crystals which are essentially like connected to the earth and then we have personality crystals that are more consciousness and cosmic um from what i understand the voice was actually the design crystal bundles so i've come to associate the voice as being from the earth, Um, which is why I think the system potentially feels more grounded, you know, than a lot of other kind of mystical teachings do. Um, But the voice took over, you know, he literally brought this system through in eight days, didn't eat, drink, sleep. He actually describes it as being quite a horrifying experience. Like he thought his dog died in the process, all the water, he lost all the water from his body. Um, and then it took him years to integrate it. So he had that experience. And so he really just brought through bits and pieces at a time as he integrated, integrated it. In the human design world, they say it's not channeling. So they basically say that, you know, it's not him necess- I don't even know how else you would describe it though. To me, it kind of is channeling, but they sort of say it's not channeling and it's not his language. Like he had no choice. He brought it through as like a pure transmission from that voice. I, you know, I tend to question things. And so I have questions around the system because I think it was, well, it came through a white cisgendered man, you know, and the understanding that I have of channeling is that like, really, if an entity or a being is connecting with you, they're going to speak in language that you understand. So my feeling with it is the voice would have come to him and had to speak in a language that he could understand and comprehend so to me I think it's come to yeah I you know and people in human design would really disagree with me but I kind of have the opinion that what it has it's come through his vehicle has to be flavored with his language or something in some way Um, and then basically dedicated his life to it until he died you know and um, teaching like he was a manifester so he was probably the perfect person to bring it through the system came to him in 1987, you know, so you think back to that time, it was probably like really helpful that it was like a white man that it came to and a manifester who could initiate it, you know, and, and bring it into the world. He then brought on generators and man gens to help him build, build the business, build the team, all of that. And yeah, it felt like it was kind of gradually spreading until 2018. It feel like feels like it kind of exploded in 2018, um but prior to that you know not a lot of people had heard about it i meet a lot of people now who heard about it 10 years ago didn't resonate with it and then now they're really into it now it's like oh okay now it's come at the perfect time mm-hmm. um yeah so he's you know he's interesting i definitely if anyone's wanting to learn human design i do recommend listening to his audios like i said he's a manifester too so a lot of the time i feel a lot of peace from him when I'm listening to him, but you know, the other thing for manifestors is anger as well. So sometimes you'll listen to an audio and you can tell like, Oh yeah, he's, he's angry right <laughs> now. Yeah. You'll feel it. You know, he, I think he was probably that real embodied that duality, right. Of the, the, the manifesto who, yeah. Um, uh, can sometimes feel a little bit abrasive versus then the really peaceful, peaceful being. But, um, you know, I think he did a great service like dedicating his life to it, you know. I I don't actually know how or why he died, um but he gave a good portion of his his adult life to bringing it into the world. But like I was saying, I think anyone who's coming into human design it's healthy to question it. Like I've gone through my process of questioning everything. Like I'm there's still parts to it that I sit with and feel into. Like does this feel true to me? Does this feel helpful? If not, I'm just going to leave that on the side for now. Um,
0: you know. yeah, I love hearing your perspective on it. So interesting. And, and you're picking out things that are kind of like, yes, so true. He's, he's kind of an unassuming character to have channeled this, um, you know, kind of wearing baseball caps and like definitely he looks like a CEO of something. It's like, okay, yeah. <laughs> he's not like the spiritual guru, like on your screen that you might think, but that kind of makes it more uh, interesting, doesn't it? Do you uh, channel as well? Have you taught yourself how to receive and and channel energies?
1: Yeah. So I actually have done a lot of work with different people. Like I worked with um, uh, a beautiful woman who was a channeler a, a year or so ago. Um, I am not sure if I'm channeling or if I'm just connecting with my higher self. But a lot of the times when I write my... Content for my Instagram, I actually feel like that comes from somewhere beyond. So I do a bit of a channeling process for that, in that I kind of sit and open up, open up to consciousness and kind of just let whatever wants to come through. Like the, and so I don't know. I've never channeled or connected to a being that I've thought that I've been channeling, but I have guides and I connect with them and I feel like I receive information
0: from them. Mm-hmm. Um, Yeah. Do you? Do you channel? This is part of my journey. You know, I I Mm. relate so deeply to what you're saying because I think I've been practicing like automatic writing and Mm. with my captions as well, I've just kind of recently been like, I just want to be putting out poetry and and just flex my writing abilities and just practice that. And I do uh, really try to get into a place of stillness and just meditate for six minutes in the morning and then I write it and see what comes out. And that that definitely does. And I, I relate to that so much. I'm like, I don't really know. I think it's just coming from somewhere deeper. It's just not my mental chatter. It's just a little deeper than that. And it's from a place of peace and perhaps wisdom that's been integrated at this point. Um, you know, I, I love studying dreams and doing dream work to do more connecting like that and then doing really in-depth visualizations. You know, once you drop down into a meditation that will activate the subconscious, I feel like that's where I can really start to visualize and see beyond the the veil, if you will. And But the most profound experiences I've had have been in, in dreams. Um, I became so fascinated with like the Arcturians because I've met them a couple times in dreams and have had such physical responses to the dream, like of having like cellular and DNA upgrades that I have woken up. And it's only happened like three times in my life. And those times were so significant that it just made me think that like, this is the channel for me to study. So I've been much more into dream work, but I think everybody comes to it differently, don't they? And some people like really are just like channels and I don't know. So I'm always curious to hear about people, you know, experimenting with this and and what you're learning and, and how it's coming together. Um, mm. That's kind of the fun part of being a human, yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And I do think the dream world is such a gift for us to have access to, and and all of these tools. It's it's almost like it's it, there's a sacredness in that we just don't know really, Um, but mm. but we can get closer and closer to that to the feeling. Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, that was long winded. <laughs> Thank you <laughs> for letting me share that. Yeah.
1: No, I love it. I think yeah, I think the point that. People come to it differently and can have a different experience with it and there's no right or wrong, is
0: there? mm. Yeah. And as we study and like read and start to do more research and start to think to ourselves, I think new things inevitably come in and that's just the soul's evolution, which is Mm. why human design is so fascinating to study and hear you talk about because everything that you're saying is like every moment that I'm learning from you, I'm, I'm, I'm kind of activating and feeling like I'm growing in some way and, and getting curious about this. And I know that it will just help everybody listening as well to further their path and their inner standing, if you will. Mm. So yeah. Is there anything else that you do like on a daily basis to take care of yourself and just make sure that you're, you're in your sovereignty and you're taking care of your energy? Mm, getting outside that's been you know
1: particularly now that I have the flexibility flexibility to work outside if I want to you know and not be stuck in an office for eight ten hours a day um, that makes such a difference like yeah getting out on the earth on the grass going down to the beach getting in the water like it's just become such a non-negotiable for me and what I try to do is like Rather than having big blocks of time, because I, I, I find, you know, if I'm like, oh, I need to be out, outside for two hours each day, breaking it up and just doing like a half hour in the morning, half hour in the middle of the day, you know, maybe an hour, hour and a half in the afternoon. Um, that's probably the most helpful. I mean, I do lots of things like breath work and tapping as well. Mm-hmm. Um, and oh, I love um, network, network spinal analysis, which is um, it's like a very gentle form of chiropractic where they work on your nervous system. So that was quite profound. And I actually think that was a really big part of why I was able to, I guess, flow with building my business and not have my nervous system fry, in that I built the fluidity in my nervous system to kind of really meet the growth, visibility challenges, and all of that.
0: Is it like myofascial release? Was it oh, different? I don't know. I've never had that. What they do is they lay you down on a
1: chiropractic table, and it's like gentle touch. Sometimes they're not even touching you. There's actually an episode on Goop, yeah, the Goop Lab about it with Dr. John Amaral.
0: Mm-hmm. Oh my god! And I
1: think, I think it's a pretty small industry. Like I, it was the the modality was created by Donnie Epstein, and so I think anyone who is a Network Spinal Analysis, they've got to be a chiropractor, and they have to be trained by Donnie Epstein. But it's profound.
0: Highly recommend it it is Anyone. profound that was like mm-hmm. honestly kind of a life changing episode another guy yeah. that's kind of unassuming that you're he's like doing magic and and literally like It's just so clear. Like he he goes into your like vagus nerve, right? Where your spine is meeting your brain and just like can move your body and all of your energy. It's just undeniable. It's so beautiful. And he's so matter of fact about it. He's like in his like doctor garb, (laughs) moving people's spines. I'll link that episode. It's on Netflix in the description because honestly, that was so good. Yeah. Mm.
1: And people might be able to find someone like in Queensland where I live. There's two people (laughs) who do it in the whole of our state, you know? So you. You might be able to find someone local to you as well.
0: Mm. Yeah. Have you seen, have you felt that change your system? Yeah. I felt it quite profoundly
1: because I've been doing, I think I started doing it in 2018. So you kind of, what happens is you need to go for fairly regularly in the beginning, like twice a week mm-hmm. is what we had to do here for however long it takes. Cause you're meeting things too, you know, it's not always easy. Like it's not always this beautiful flowy energy experience, right? Sometimes you're on the bed crying and having a meltdown because you're meeting emotional trauma. Like you're meeting things that are stuck in your nervous system. Um, so yeah, but then once you get to a certain level, you can just kind of go for top ups when you Mm -hmm. desire
0: or when you need to. Yeah. It's almost like Reiki 2.0 or something. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, it's I'm great so, with Reiki. Mm-hmm. I often do the both, do both of them. Like I think it's very complimentary to still get Reiki as well. Mm-hmm. Help. Mm-hmm. Wow. Okay. Awesome. Because I didn't know that. Like there was a practice and like that other people. I'm gonna have to look. I bet Topanga, has somebody, we're in like I spiritual like, vortex over yeah. here. <laughs> yeah. You'd wow. have to have. Yeah. <laughs> Wow, awesome. Well, thank you so much for being here, Amy. I just learned so much from you. This is a really juicy one. So I really appreciate you being here. So, where can people find you and work with you if you have offerings like that? Let us know.
1: Yeah, so I'm mostly on Instagram. So, I'm Amy Lee, which is A-M-Y-L-E-A dot co. Um, So, mostly on Instagram, I have different offerings at different times, you know, for human design or astrology. Um, and then I have my website as well, um, which is amylee.com.au mm-hmm.
0: Perfect. Yeah. You, your website looks beautiful too. Um, well, thank you so much. I'll link everything we talked about in the description below. All right, my friends, thank you so much for being here and hanging out with us today. I hope that you're feeling inspired and lifted and called to action in some area of your life. Of course, you can find everything that we chatted about linked in the description below. You can find me on Instagram at Helen Denham underscore and at the Lifted podcast. And if you head over to HelenDenham.com, you'll find links to sign up for my newsletter that goes out every Sunday, just really fun recaps and inspiration for the week ahead. You'll also find links to my music and ways to work with me through my self-mastery course cultivating confidence or even in the one-on-one mentorship series if you feel called to activate that and what else is going on I'm teaching meditation now on Sundays with both the den and Unplug meditation both virtual offerings I teach at 4 p.m. PST with the den and 8 p.m. PST with unplug and if you want to try a meditation with me I can put you in for the first class for free so just send me a DM or email if you're interested in that And I think that's it for now. I love you so much. I'll talk to you on Wednesday. Bye.